0: Hey adventurers, welcome to the No Ordinary Adventure Podcast, a place we call home for adventure and the conversations you want to have. We bring you inspiration, stories from the field, and talk with adventure travelers and industry experts from around the world. This is a place to fill your heart and head with travel knowledge. Now, your host, Dan Blanchard, a lifelong mariner, traveler, and CEO of UnCruise Adventures, a small boat adventure company defining the un in UnCruise. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome you into the No Ordinary Adventure podcast with me, Captain Dan Blanchard. So I'm coming at you right now, just so you know, from Seattle. I normally live in Juneau, Alaska, but our, uh, ever since COVID, I rented out my place in Juneau and I've been down here living on my sailboat in Seattle. What what time is it at home right now for you? It's
1: 5 p.m., but we're good. Okay. We're, an hour away. we're an hour away from Gin o'clock, so you're Okay. <laughs>
0: Oh, I really like you. <laughs> cut,
1: into, cut into my gin o'clock and then we won't get on so well.
0: <laughs> uh, we call ours Gin 30. <laughs> you should tell me how I pronounce your name, just to make sure. It's
1: a rather, rather odd one. It's Ewan. My folks were Malaysian, so they uh, put it into a Malaysian phonetic. As a result, nobody can say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's unique. You know, you never forget me. I tell you that much. How's life? How are
0: you, How are you faring? Well, you know, I think we're all in the, the same boat Absolutely. in my case, for sure it's a boat We're marching ahead and, and looking forward to uh, hopefully some time and things changing this spring
1: we, we, here' we've um, we reopened many places and then we're all closed again, so destinations wise until until we have this vaccine or we've got this beat it's really hard to uh it's really hard to to do that so a lot of people managed to get away, but we're slowly closing borders. One by one, every day is a new border closing.
0: So, well, you know, one of the, the joys I think about being in the travel community is there's such a huge, wonderful bond, and I, I can't help believe that all this COVID stuff is actually bringing us all together, better, stronger than we've ever been before. So, oh no,
1: I totally believe that. I think in a reset as well. You know, in good times, we were just so. Fi- I talk. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this later, but you know, we fi- We firefight a lot. We're constantly firefighting, and actually this time has got us to think about how we can do things differently, which is, I think, really encouraging.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I am really excited, not only to have your great accent on board today, but, but to hear your story. And, you know, maybe perhaps one way to start out is, I think, uh, you know, you and I, from what I've read about you, have unique travel stories, how we got into this business, But I would love it if you could maybe kind of share with me what what brought the entrepreneur out in you to start your own business, to be the editor of a fantastic magazine that is flourishing in this time of COVID. Well, thank you. Firstly, thank you, Dan,
1: for having me. Um, I know uh, the seas uh, keep us apart at this moment in time, Uh, but I, I live in hope that one day we'll get to meet face to face and actually do this face to face. Over some gin, I hear. So <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you my story. So, um, well, firstly, I'm and Zhang. I'm proud to be a, what we call experientialist in chief. is just a fancy way of saying editor in chief um, of what is the world's leading luxury and experiential travel magazine for LGBT people out there. But I started with my business partner some 10 years ago. And how did I get started into it? Well, travel and I go way back to when I was a kid that many, 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 many moons ago, but until I decided, uh, until I've decided on a handsome Asian leading man to play me in my biopic, I'll spare you the gory details and jump straight into how I got into travel publishing. So just before I started out there, I was a travel and lifestyle marketer that switched sides to be a journalist after 10 years of working in and eventually at the helm of a number of communications agencies here in London, the last of which I was lucky enough to sell, I crossed over into the dark side, or what they say, the good side, depending on which side you're on, uh, to set up out there. You know, as someone who loved to travel, I realized back in 2010 that there wasn't really media for people like me, members of my LGBT community that also loved luxury, experiential, and adventure travel. It was a different time, too. You know, when we started out there 10 years ago, there was no equal gay marriage here in the UK, US and in many parts of the world or legal protections for that matter. So we were seriously on the back foot as a community. Mm -hmm. But that has changed leaps and bounds. And with that much, much wider acceptance of the LGBT community and difference on the whole for that matter, be it gender, race and increasingly so intersectionality, particularly in the travel industry. Today's travel brands, including you wonderful folk and Cruise, are keen to win over the hearts and minds of what we call a super diverse cross-section of travelers and be part of the solution to greater inclusion and equality in the world. So out there, 21st century luxury travel journal rooted in what we call our three Ds, uh, which are brand pillars of diversity, discovery and discernment. And 10 rollercoaster years later, I'm thrilled that we're not just the magazine for LGBT people anymore, but one of the nations, which is the UK's foremost multi-award winning travel magazines, a quarterly coffee table book and a brand beyond print that I'm proud to say boasts a huge following of allies, particularly those still looking for inclusivity in travel, be that people of color, solo female travelers, modern families who enjoy seeing the world through our lens, one that's safe, considered steeped in personal stories and more of utterly fabulous. <laughs> and that's how we got into it, just essentially. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and I I, you know, I just can't help but just smile as you're sharing your story. Because, you know, it was a different world not too long ago. And, in, and this will sound weird. But in a way, it has become so much more normal, healthy in the eyes of the world and acceptance of gay and lesbian travel. I mean, for us, when I was very early in the business, it wasn't that common. And, you know, today it's a different world. And I am, but I, one word you said there really intrigued me, um, discern. Tell me about that because, okay, I come from a religious background as a kid, right? And discernment yeah. was part of my upbringing. And I hold a lot of value in, in what that word means. So I'm curious what it means to you. Well, it means different things to different people. You
1: know, I'm a marketer, so uh, I use the word discernment very vaguely. So people can take uh, whatever they want from it. Uh, but discernment to me means, you know, the, the luxury is linked to discernment. And discernment to me means choice. Choice is really important in that part of it. Um, but also to be able to, to, to look at the world in a particular way, to decide what it is we want from that world. And to be able to go out and have that choice and to be able to go and get it. And that's what discernment means to me. And it doesn't matter what level of luxury it is. It could be, you know, from the lowest, most simple uh, adventure travel level to the highest, you know, suite on your cruise. Uh, discernment can mean many things, but it means doing things that you want to do that is, you know, different from your everyday life, perhaps as well.
0: Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I mean, uh, a luxury. It can be luxury of experience. It can be luxury of setting. It can be luxury of acceptance. I mean, that discernment that you talk about when you talk about the luxury travel market is real, and it is catered to everybody. We early on we were very much a luxury brand with all our boats, and and but as time went on, we found that that was important. But the luxury of real authentic experience, I think, is what you're talking about too.
1: Absolutely. And everyone, you know, everyone finds finds a different definition of it. And that's what I love about the word luxury and discernment, because there's a different def- definition, you know, luxury and, you know, on, on paper is all about affluence. And I, I, I don't think that's true at all. You know, luxury is, is to be able to go out and do something that really transforms your life. That really makes you, you know, that's different from your everyday life. It could be, Eating your mom's food. You know, my mom lives in Malaysia now and I don't get to see her that often. But real luxury to me to me is getting out there and being in her kitchen while she cooks. And that may not be, you know, the textbook definition of luxury, but it, it's luxury to me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Well, when we're speaking about travel, now this is you you mentioned earlier, you wouldn't go into the gory details how you got into this. <laughs> But let's talk about, you and I have traveled a lot. And I have to say, you have traveled, from what I've read, around the world more than just about anybody I know, I think. Um, but what, I mean, give me your hairiest travel story. And, and let's, let's pull the covers off here a little bit. <laughs> let's open and talk about your most crazy-ass travel story that, that you tell your friends, not just Dan. On a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I have so many of those.
1: Um, I think between, you know, I think we share this spirit, Dan, between the spirit of adventure, uh, general inquisitiveness, and lust for storytelling. I tend to find myself in funny and exciting situations when I travel. Um, I could tell you about the time in Argentina where I was given the key to the city of Mendoza because people had mistaken me for Cy you know the korean pop artists who did Gangnam style um, <laughs> or when i got locked in by a forest ranger in a pen with a family of orangutans in borneo but i'll leave those for my biopic so oh, instead Lord. i'm actually going to tell you a travel story that led to me creating this magazine because i think you're asking point- for another podcast we are going to have another <laughs>
0: podcast about all those stories but go
1: ahead so when I left the world of marketing and toyed with the idea of setting up this magazine, uh, I took myself off traveling to Southeast Asia. Um, I was actually in Cambodia when a come to Jesus moment happened. Well, actually it was a come to Buddha moment because it was in Cambodia. So I was clabbering up the infamous Angkor Wat at dawn in the days when you still could, you can't anymore, unfortunately, and, you know, but also fortunately for the protection of, protection of the UNESCO site. But when... In those days, many moons ago, you still could. So I was keen to get up there. I went up there at dawn in pitch black to be one of the first people to get to the top to say a sacred morning prayer. But when I got up there, I found I had been beaten up there by a rather elderly Canadian lady from Vancouver. So she would climbed up these super steep steps in crutches in the pitch black to do exactly the same, and she beat me up there. Uh, but I'm a firm believer in things happening for a reason, I wasn't too disappointed for long. So together, we watched the sunrise over Siem Reap as a monk in a saffron yellow robe, blessed and enchanted. It was the most ethereal, spiritual moment in my life. And there was a poignant moment midway, actually, when she leant over and confided in me that she had a terminal illness and was dying, and Cambodia was to be her last and final trip before passing. So. You know, it was very emotional. We both cried a little on, on, on top of the world, essentially, uh, and spent some time together. And as we said goodbye, she decided to tell me as her parting words, rather randomly, that if I had something in my head and I wanted to do something, or there was somewhere I wanted to go to seize the moment and just to do it, because life is short. And as soon as I, I returned for Cambodia, we started the magazine. So that's actually, you know, my travel stories uh, because it led me into the world that I am in today. And it, it, it's true. Life is short uh, and we have to seize the moment and seize the day and get out there and do what we want if we can. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and you know what, what strikes me about that story is just the, the heavy, heavy communication of two human souls. I mean, to be on top there and to hear her story and, and go through that. I mean, that, that, I can see why that would be the story that would stick.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it led, it led me into to where we are today. And I, I think that's why travel is so amazing in that way, because it can bring people from totally different backgrounds, from totally different parts of the world together to experience something magical and take away what they want from it,
0: to discern. Uh, true. And and, and and moving from there into today, you know, we're obviously... In this world pandemic, uh, yeah. your business is affected just like mine, uh, but in different ways. I mean, tell me, you know, how you're taking your brand and adjusting to this period, what you've had to change in your outlook since COVID and and maybe how that folds into the future. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot.
1: You know, listen, listen, Dan, I'm the eternal optimist. Um, you can't get a you can't keep a good dog down, as they say. I'm the eternal optimist here. So I think there's a silver lining to everything. It's been, as you say, a terrible year for business and for the travel industry. But actually for us, I've seen it as a being a really good year for brand and innovation. Yeah. Um, you know, in good times, I think we're constantly firefighting. And as a small and growing business, when everything is moving so fast in a travel industry, sometimes it's so hard to keep up. And you, you're just, you know, focused on essentially doing business rather than stepping back and thinking about the magic of travel. Uh, but as we've had some time to think, and we've thankfully managed to keep our entire team on board, which which mm-hmm. I love because uh, you know they're family to me, essentially. Yeah. We've had the opportunity to come up with some amazing and innovative things that have set us on course for what I think will be an exciting recovery. Um, we launched an awards program, crazy to launch a new product at this time. <laughs> Well, we did, uh, and I know you guys have entered, so thank you for your support. Uh, but the, the the you know the, the the thinking behind the award was to reward innovation, resilience, stewardship, and creativity in the travel industry. Uh, and we've now I'm excited to say fundraise closed to ten thousand dollars from entry donations that we're going to give to the winner of the most out there initiative in community sustainability and conservation category there have been so many fabulous tourism projects that give back at this time and i just wanted to do the same you know other than that we've been working on our website to increase engagement traffic's through the roof as people want to feed their wanderlust so we've launched what we, what we are calling a feel good newspaper uh, online called the experientialist that continues it's- to bring sublime inspiration to our readers and more importantly and this is super important to aid positive mental health lockdown does funny things to people let alone the uncertainty so we're using travel as a force for good to help people keep their minds traveling which by the way is our hashtag at this time hashtag keep your mind traveling mm-hmm. um and we've been working hard still you know working harder than ever in fact <laughs> uh and we're back in print this winter i'm so excited to say that we're back in print this winter we had to take a little hiatus uh but we're literally um, as we speak just closing our latest issue at which we are calling the next chapter which is all about what twenty twenty one holds for all of us, and it's filled with divine inspiration coming out of some of the insights from our research at this time, and tapping into the needs and wants of our traveler.
0: So we've been busy. I first of all, I applaud you. Uh, I'm excited to hear about all the activity you're having, and and going back to print. Oh my gosh! And uh, so, it, it, can you give us any? Any leading secrets that are going to come out in this first issue? Any any insights that you're seeing here that you can share before the press lets loose?
1: <laughs> I actually have a ton of insights. I was prepared for this child. I knew you were gonna ask that question. Um, let me tell you some of our insights because we've been quite diligent in pulling our readers over this time. I've always I think being a marketer coming from a marketing background, I'm always so keen to know what. Our readers are interested in, so we've got some, quite some detailed insight into what out there travelers are looking for going forwards. So let me get the basics over with quick. You know, we all know this: health and safety, flexibility, trust. That's super important for all travelers and out there travelers too. I, I think you you know you're seeing that you're definitely seeing that within your businesses. But more specifically for our readers, there comes a heightened sense of safety when it comes to travel, not just from the virus but also from other factors. The nervousness, I think, that COVID has created means that out there travelers are defaulting. And I say this for the first time in a long time that we've seen at the magazine to destinations and travel brands that show they are more actively involved in caretaking for the world, whether that's environmental sustainability or social sustainability. So transformative travel is, is by far the buzzword. It was already a buzzword, transformative travel, before we went into this. And now transformative travel is, is going to be is, is going to be huge. Uh, and more specifically for our LGBT readers, our survey shows a marked increase of people choosing a destination or brand known for its welcoming stance. As compared to the same survey that, say, we did um, in late 2019, I would also say that there is increased concern around politics leaning to the right. Uh, you being American, you know what I'm talking about, of course, but all that is um, happening in many places around the world. So there's this increased need for safety uh, and inclusivity is compounded even more. So out there, travelers, I'm feeling and I'm getting this. are am more woke <laughs> to coin the word. You know, I think I'm too old to use the word woke now, but uh, woke. they're more woke than ever. And they want to work with travel providers that can show their commitments to diversity, particularly in the aftermath of COVID, Black Lives Matter and all the geopolitical challenges that 2020 have coughed up. But you know what? Encouragingly, many travelers are ready to go now. I think you can't keep people who love travel at home for too long. You know, they're they're, they're dying to get out there. And we've been tracking the behavior of of a hard sample of our readers for a little while. And I can tell you some 70% of our British sample, at least I know, because we've been able to get out there, um, has already taken short haul international leisure travel since the the border started opening again in June, which is staggering. But the more important part is that we've now polled that 92% of these people would not be concerned with traveling along the haul. And that's destination over six hours so you know we're, we're ready to go we're wanting to get out there people are looking to book into christmas and you know in, into spring 2021 and and we've seen also a rapidly growing trend in nomadic travel longest days slower travel from out there travelers many of which many people realize i think that over the past month that they can successfully work remotely. I think we've all we've all found that it's possible yeah. to do, uh, and with many tra- many businesses here in the UK not expecting their workforce to return to the office until 2021, um, the opportunity is there to get out into the world, quarantine for the two weeks requirement, and actually enjoy their time somewhere else. You know, and with I think it's particularly uh, sort of characteristic of our reader because they've got less physical ties. LGBT people are. More more likely to own their homes outright, run their own businesses, don't have kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So the idea of quarantining somewhere fabulous and spending some proper time there is very attractive, especially as winter hits, you know. Um, but this is the best news of all, especially for those selling travel, and I am sure you're welcome this news that that travel will be a spending priority for the year ahead. Where beforehand we had some competition in luxury, fashion, cars, arts, you know, the clear winner for twenty twenty one. Is travel, which sixty-eight percent of people saying that their travel budget will remain completely unaffected, or actually will increase in the new year. And um, I think here's a big one for you. I mean, we talked about transformative travel. Seventy-eight percent want to are, are looking for experiences that are life-changing. Uh, so people are, you know, taking more consideration into the type of holiday they book. And this is, I think, these two little little snippets of, of information is, is, you know, you're welcome. The desire for outdoor space and nature and nature-based experiences is through the roof. Like 77% of our readers have opted for holiday uh, that gives access to nature and opens spaces for when they can return again. And the desire for group experiences small group experiences particularly remain strong, which actually shocked me a little bit, but I think people are craving human company now, you know, after so long being locked down. And so long as it's done in a safe and considered way. And for you at Uncruise, I've got some great news. Uh, The interest in small ship expedition cruising holds firm. I was expecting that given the negative press that the cruise industry has received over the last few months, that there will be a fall in interest, but actually, Interest in small ship cruising has increased by a couple of percent. So
0: it's, it's, it's rose-tinted glasses, I think. <laughs> yeah. well, this is all good news to me. And, of course, we've been, uh, you know, I, well, first of all, 92%. And then 78% in those two different categories is amazing to me. Yeah, but, people but it's also, it doesn't surprise me. Um, because I'm, we're feeling the same thing. You know, a lot of our guests were, you know, initially anxious and fearful and it has turned around to, you know, listen, I only live so many years on this planet. I need to get out and I'm going to travel. And I, I think you're right in the sense that, um, people are picking destinations, small group bubbles we're finding is a big thing, uh, whether they be family bubbles or our friend bubbles, um, you know, even traveling when COVID's around. Of course, you know, for us here in the United States, a big thing is going to be rapid, regular, and reliable testing very soon. I hope, and I hope it goes nationalized. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. But um, you know, the the opportunities are truly out there. It kind of reminds me a little bit. Um, you know, I've been in the business like yourself for a long time, and. Uh, I remember after nine 11, there was this pause of travel and it, it really took till March, uh, to people, for people to really start booking again, but they came back for the same reason. They're going, you know, my life, I have to live. I have to have experiences. I, I need to be on the, on the top of that historic structure, sharing the story with a woman who's dying like you did. And <laughs> you said that this is what enriches our life. Right? So I, uh, I'm encouraged by what you say. And I, I can't wait to read it. <laughs>
1: no, truly, I'm truly encouraged. And, you know, like I say, I am in the eternal optimist, but I just feel it. And I think, you know, we as travel providers, people who work in the travel industry, we're adept to this. We, we've, seen, we've seen this stuff before, like you say, you know, we, we know how to make this safe. So we know how to make the situation safe for people to travel. We're in the business of looking after guests. We're in the business of hospitality and looking after guests means making sure they're safe. So we're going to do that. We know that. And as as soon as there's confidence and it seems to be confident for people to get out there traveling again, they'll come
0: back. Absolutely. So with that comeback, um, if you could be in front of every travel provider in the world right now, (laughs) And, And you had a word of wisdom about how their brand can improve for you, your clients, for humanity at large. What would be some of those things that you would look at and say, this is what brands can do to really march towards the future? Right. So
1: here's the thing. Trust is super important. There's two key words. Trust. Now more so than ever. Travel partners have to demonstrate that they can deliver the same or if not better experience in more challenging tr- in more challenging time. Mm-hmm. And trust is, is central to that, you know. Um, and I'm you know, so encouraged that there's so many brands like you guys that have, have built that trust for a very, very long time. And, you know, that trust continues. And I think now we've got to push, we've really got to push that trust, because that's what consumers are looking for. Um, The other thing I would say is personalization, you know, um, hyper-personalization almost to some degree. I, for one, and so do our readers, want to work with travel partners who truly understand our needs, you know, and have second-guessed my requirements and or or my needs way ahead of me. Um, And in the out-there world, that's the understanding of inclusivity and valuing diversity. And understanding that no two guests or customers are the same, right. uh, that brands don't just stop at equality, and they need to, in their service delivery, exceed expectations based on individual preferences. And I think that's more, you know, that's more important now than ever. You know, the cookie cutter experience has gone out the window.
0: Yes, we, indeed.
1: We need to find ways of delivering memories. That's what travel is about, you know, for so long, I think people, particularly in good times, you know, people have been very into selling rooms or cabins or experiences, you know, that sometimes I think that actually we forget what we're all here to do. We don't sell travel, we sell memories, we sell dreams, and we sell memories, you know, and the functional bits are just purely functional, but what people take home with them are these dreams and memories. And I think every travel provider needs to think about that now, that we're no longer selling just rooms and cabins and experiences, we're selling memories. And we have to remember and go back to, you know, where we all started when we came into the travel industry and before we got bogged down by commerciality and business. That you know, is the experience that really counts.
0: Yeah, that is so true. and. I, I apologize if I was looking. I was taking notes on what you were saying. I was loving those words so much. You know, I, uh, when we started out uh, our business, we were originally a company called American Spark Cruises. And like I mentioned, it was luxury. But even back in those days, I, I used to tell my staff, we are not selling a boat. We're not even selling Alaska, which was our original destination. We are selling life experience." And it just happens to be that the tool is a boat, the tool is a kayak, whatever. And I, I, I'm just, I hearken to the personalization message you just sent about, you know, travel has to be about just the human being and their desires. And, and certainly, you know, we both experienced a lot of mass market in our lives and that has a place. But I think for true luxury, luxury of experience, perhaps is the way to say it, you have hit on a key, a core value that I believe is the need for the travel industry going forward.
1: Absolutely, personalization is key. And in my world, there's, you know, there's, an, added, there's an added level. You know pers- Personalization is magic if you get it right for an, L- for, for an LGBT traveler or traveler that comes from a different background to the mainstream. Yes. Um, I think for me, particularly in this age and because of the platform I represent, I think brands also need to look at themselves in the mirror more and ask if they're being truly inclusive to this woke, I keep using this word, to this woke 21st century guest, um, because this, this this guest actually values diversity more than ever before, you know, and I think travel uh, travel providers need to get in there, they really need to ask themselves if if diversity and inclusion is really part of their DNA and their operations and the way they communicate with the world and with their people? Are their staff trained to understand the needs of LGBT travelers or travelers of colors or modern families? You know, families are no longer mom, dad, and two kids. You know, families can be single parent families. They can be same gender parent families. It's 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 so important to to, to understand diversity and to, yeah. to make sure. These people are represented in marketing and communications, and in in your workforce, and you know. And travelers, I I, I used this word earlier, intersectional. Travelers are more intersectional than ever. You know, I, I look like I do, but I'm proudly British. I'm gay, and I'm of Asian descent. You know, I check off so many diversity strands, mm-hmm. and while I'm working to be at the top of my game, I sometimes stop to take a look around, and I still feel rather underrepresented in the industry. And in travel marketing, that is predominantly white and heteronormative uh, and at the board table of the big travel brands. So I think, I think it's really important for brands to address the issues of diversity, inclusion in their everyday work, because that is what today's customer uh, is looking for. We are more diverse than ever before. And actually, the travel industry, it's such a diverse industry and the very nature of travel is worldly, it breeds diversity. So surely it makes sense to embrace it and make it a core value uh, in, in everything we need to do. And in this ha- age of hyper-personalization, as I say, um, in an industry that is adept to creating memories, this is an area that still needs more work, but I know we're going to get there. I'm confident we're going to get there.
0: I agree. Uh, and, I, you know, I just have to tell you, I feel like I've been in the sanctuary of you know, and preach. You get to listen to a really good preacher right now. <laughs> and and any time you're in the United States and want to get together, you and I will rock it. Okay?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All I need is a gospel choir to come in behind me right I'm now. Really, we'll, we'll make that happen.
0: I mean, this is, <laughs> this is new religion. This is life. <laughs> and to me, it's exciting. But I have one kind of odd question. I'm just going to throw at you because my research, it, it kind of piqued a little bit of interest. You started talking about the South Pacific one time, about opportunities that might be coming up. And I, I took three years off when my children were 8 and 10, and we sailed the South Pacific on a 40-foot sailboat. So I visit a lot of islands, and I, I, I find that depending on the particular island group, I mean – historically, uh, gay and lesbian activity, as far as being accepted, is there. It has been historically for hundreds, thousands of years. And we were we were so I mean, this was back in the 90s when it still wasn't really accepted in travel as, as an identified group. So we were you know, very excited um, you know, to find this natural path, uh, you might say, in our in our sailing adventures. But when you talk about the Pacific, I mean, do you have any thoughts there? I mean, I I need some insight because I travel the Pacific and I, you know, you're kind of starting to speak my language. And when you talk about that destination.
1: Oh, the South Pacific has opened up wider than ever before. You know, now I consider (laughs) parts. you know, you used to think about the, the Fijian Islands and the Cook Islands and, you know, and obviously, you know, Bora Bora and Tahiti, the French Polynesian islands, is, is is hot on it's hot right now, and because it's one of the, I, I understand that it's actually one of the only destinations at this moment in time that's accepting American travelers.
0: That's um,
1: good. right. So I've seen a scourge of my Instagram is entirely of people in the South Pacific right now. But no, you're right. The South Pacific is so interesting. Um, it's it's so rich, and the isolation. I think, you know, if you go into the history of the South Pacific, the many people that escaped, you know, a lot of prosecution, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, colonialization, you know, that that's, that's a buzzword for now, a horrible word, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of people were, were, were escaping colonialization and went out into the islands and they lived their life in this way that was open, respectful, um, loving of nature, which is, which is super important. Uh, and actually letting everyone be who they are and actually believing in the spirit of people and the spirit of humanity yeah. um, to, 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 last, you know, and, and I've experienced that, you know, even in sometimes the strangest of places, like uh, I was recently in Raja impact in the Indonesian um, archipelagos. Um, I also went out to the Bauer reserve there, which was fantastic. And, you know, Indonesia is not a great country when it comes to LGBT rights or human rights for that matter. In those places, it's an entirely the different world. story. Yeah. Yeah, it's an entirely different story. And listen, I, I, I've come to learn this in my in my travels, that what the regime puts down, what government puts down, is entirely different to what human beings present. Human beings inherently, not all human beings, unfortunately, but most human beings, I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt, just, just want to love their fellow human. Yeah. yeah. You know, and regardless of... What color they are, where they come from, who they love, what they're able to do or unable to do—it doesn't—it doesn't matter. We're just all human beings. And actually, in the South Pacific, that's you know that's what actually I would say besides it being one of the most beautiful places on earth, and also so rich in its ecosystem uh, and wildlife and marine life, and, and pretty much untouched, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, there is this inherent human spirit of you know, loving life, uh, being out in the open, enjoying mm. nature and creating memories. An inherent
0: human nature. It, it is
1: inherent. We were, yeah. you know, we're born to love. Yeah. We are,
0: you Perfect. know, and some yeah. people
1: unfortunately forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately it comes from, you know, the things we're not supposed to ever talk about politics and religion. <laughs> unfortunately it comes you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the difficulties difficulties stem from that. Um, however, you know, regime beliefs are usually different to what people actually present, you know, yeah. and you can go to some what is sometimes what you think the scariest places in the world as an LGBT person or a person of color or, 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 or someone that might come from a different background to usual and being, you know, ha- having the best time and meeting of minds and really finding out that people really don't care. (laughs) They just, they just want you for you.
0: Yeah. You know, and isn't that just a great place that our world's heading to, whether the governments think so or not. And I, you know, I'm just going to close with, first of all, I have so enjoyed this interview. It's uh, too. there are times in life when we come across the path of people with big hearts, big souls, open minds, that are just want good. And I sense that from you. And I, I've lately been finding old songs as I've been in, you know, our own bubbles, right? And one of them, I, I've been singing to my girl lately is, you know, and you know, this song, but we all need it. It's what the world needs now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so elementary, but it is so right on. And you know, and I want to thank you for all you're doing for making our life, our world, my life today a lot more lovely than it was 40 minutes ago. And I hope that you carry this message on and on. And you're encouraging me, I'll point my finger now, you're encouraging me <laughs> to follow a better path. So thank you so much. And thanks for joining this podcast. And uh, I just look forward to the day that. That I can meet you in some remote place and be on a hilltop and talk over life.
1: <laughs> thank you, Dan. And thank you so much for having me. And actually, you know, I what I've not done yet is Alaska. So that's yes, where you're that's where you've been. I'm your dude. And I'm I am your dude. Find you. <laughs> so when when all when all is better, I will be over to you in Alaska and I hope I can travel with you and you can show me your world.
0: All right. Sounds good. And where can guests find you? What, what's the best way to contact you?
1: You can find us uh, online at www.outthere.travel or on Instagram at outtheremag.
0: I noticed you're a pretty heavy Instagrammer.
1: <laughs> I try my best. 21st century storytelling, you just don't write words anymore. You got to be present in pictures, you got to be able to take pictures, you got to shoot video, you got to be able to do this. You know the world has changed, um, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
0: Um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that when our paths do cross, that that we can go out and celebrate luxury and the experience of life. And uh, I, I look forward to the time. And, and I'm also in the future. I would love to hear more about you know. Just, just I, I lately because business is being reinvented. I'm finding myself just being like, how are people, you know, just the mechanics of business and getting through this period and 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 expanding into the ever-changing marketplace. So maybe, we'll, maybe that'll be a, a, a we'll, maybe we'll have a business talk someday about how in the heck are entrepreneurs?
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. And my top tip there is keep
0: your glass half
1: full. It's been lovely speaking to you.
0: Aloha. Thanks for listening to No Ordinary Adventure, sharing locally harvested stories about adventure. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, and help spread the word. We are a community of nature lovers, intrepid travelers, and outdoor adventurers, mostly from the comfort of a small boat, and we want to spread our love of this fascinating planet. That's it for this episode. Now get outside.